Hello, everybody. This is Jay Izzo, and welcome to A New Direction. And I am so excited, as I am every week, to be with you because I've got to tell you that uh, today's show, we're going to be talking about leadership, and especially about leadership in youth. And we're going to talk about how uh, how that all looks, because it's really kind of, leadership's kind of a funky thing. I'm going to be really honest, from a psychological perspective, we really uh, struggle with this whole idea of what uh, leadership is and what it's not, and we struggle with the idea of, you know, is leadership made or are we born leaders, right? I mean, it's really an interesting question, and people get angry, you know, like if you say that somebody is a, uh, if you say people are born leaders, people get, vi I mean, visibly upset, and I mean, our next guest, if I were to say, you know, I believe that leaders are born I promise you that Annie Keffer would be uh, extraordinarily strong about me saying that because uh, she has a brand new book coming out. We're going to talk to her about her brand new book on leadership. But, you know, she is uh, like so many people that they are totally convinced that um, leaders are anybody can be a leader. And, you know, it's an interesting question. And, and, and I think it's because of how we define leadership is probably the biggest issue and we're going to talk I'm going to talk about that with Annie hopefully we can get to that topic because I think that we I, I, I think that how we define leadership largely defines on who can be a leader who can't be a leader or who won't be a leader or who will not be a leader I mean for instance not everybody you can desire to be the leader of the United States but not everybody's going to be that you're just not there are people who go into politics and they bust their tail in politics and nobody votes for them. Sorry. That's just, that's life. That's what happens. Uh, not everybody uh, who plays football can be the captain of the football team. It's out of your hands. It's not part of your choice. You don't, you, you can't choose that. You can't choose to be the, um, you know, head cheerleader. That's just that you, you don't have those options. You can't lead in those situations. You, you, you know, you can't be, you can't be, not everybody can be the number one salespeople. Sorry. You're not going to lead from that position. So, um, if people want to be, you know, I want to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company and lead a Fortune 500 company. Well, let me tell you something. There's only 500 of those positions, right? Because it's a Fortune 500 company. So, the chances of you being that leader are actually pretty slim. Uh, and I, that's just the reality. You know, I, I use the analogy all the time. You know, everybody wants to dunk a basketball, but not everybody can. It's just, it's just not possible. Uh, everybody wants to go to the Olympics and, and be a gold medalist. First of all, most people never make it to the Olympics. Great, some great, extraordinarily great athletes never make it to the Olympics. And they never medal, ever. So um, this whole idea that somehow we can be this anything that we want to be. Well, there's limitations on that. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just the reality. And, and I really want to get into this with Annie Keffer because I don't, the one thing I do believe is that people can lead in different ways. And I think there's different ways. And, and I think that's what she's talking about, at least from what I can gather from her book. And I, I think we need to define that whole thing of what leadership is, because I, I feel like I'm starting on a downer. I'm not starting on a downer, but I want us to be, have this perspective of leadership from this standpoint. 
when it comes to leading, you can lead from any position, okay? Meaning that you can lead yourself. You uh, may not lead anyone else, but you can lead yourself. You can be an example, and I guess in a sense, then we would say you're leading. Uh, and and I think one of the definitions of leadership, you know, by the, how we define it is, well, if nobody's following you, are you really leading? Well, you can lead yourself, you know, but I, I do think that that's, that's a, it's an, it's an interesting question in of itself is if no one's following, are you actually leading? That's, and, and I think we'll have to ask Andy that because Andy's, Andy's the expert in that uh, whole thing of leadership. And we certainly are going to talk to her uh, about that. And so, um, I want to, I want to definitely, um, talk to her and, um, and, and I want to do that. So what we're going to do right now is, um, we're going to call Annie, uh, Keffer and, um, we're going to talk to her, um, about, um, her book and, um, we're, we're going to talk to her about, um, this book leadership built on why and, uh, I think this is a, by the way, if you have a young team, teen, sorry, team, teen, um, if you have a young teen or young person who is strugg struggling with, um, uh, struggling with the idea of leading, or maybe they don't have the confidence to lead or whatever the case may be, uh, I think it's, I think it's really, really important that you take a look at this book. Um, there's a Kindle version of this book for $9.99, paperback $14.95 if you're a prime member. And uh, it's Leadership Built on Why, one simple reason. So without further ado, let's do this. Let's um, let's start the music, and then let's go over and let's talk to um, Annie. Um, let's talk to Annie. Let's go give Annie Keffer a call. So let's get this thing started here. Hey, Annie. How are, How are you? you? Good. Good. Awesome. Well, let me um, cut us back here. We're, we're just getting we're just getting started. And Annie, welcome to a new direction. And and thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm actually I'm really really excited to be here. You know, Annie, I spent the first few minutes of the show. We were talking. I was talking about leadership, and, and as a somebody who is a psychological professional and speaks on the road and talks about leadership and things like that, I think it's really, really interesting to talk about that. And and so I, I want to spend some time talking about leadership because I think there's so many different views, and and I want to talk about your book, Leadership Built on Why: One Simple Idea That Will Revolutionize the Leadership Paradigm and Transform Your Life. And so I want to do that. But before I do that, I want our people to get to know you. So let me do this really quick, okay? Because Annie Keffer is a nationally recognized author, youth leadership speaker, entrepreneur, and founder of the Young Women of Influence Conference. She has been seen on, well, folks, let me just put it this way. Where hasn't she been seen on? Because she's been seen on every major affiliate all over, and she's been in a number of publications, including the New York Business Journal, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Miami Herald. Again, if you can't find her, then there's a problem with your computer. Uh, so you need to check her out there. She's author of the book. Um, that is is currently released called Leadership Built on Why and a co-author of Girls Lead. Annie was nominated for um, the World Magazine's Women in Business 2016. Annie, uh, just a couple little things about her. She loves to read. She loves to teach, uh, take adventures, and she calls Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania her home. So please welcome to the show, and, and Annie, welcome to A New Direction. 
thanks so much, Shay. I'm, I'm really excited for our conversation. Yeah, so Annie, I, I got to tell you something, something that's really cool. My, um, so my wife uh, was just inaugurated a couple of weeks ago into the inaugural Women of Business Hall of Fame here in North Carolina, in the state that's of North incredible. Carolina. And so she, this, she is, um, she's been a businesswoman, a very highly successful businesswoman in the real estate world. And, um, she, she's unaffiliated. She, she goes by her own name and is one of the leaders in the country in selling real estate and doing business. And I am so proud of her because she's a fighter and she's a leader and she's dogged and she's the smartest person I know. And she did not pay me to say that. And (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so um, I, I and and so when I read your bio, and I looked at what you were trying to do, uh, I thought, man, this is this is going to be a really cool topic because um, I just watched I just watched my wife, you know, just be inducted into this hall, the very first Hall of Fame here for women in business in North Carolina. Um, and I, I'm sure you know you're. I think you're pretty well acquainted with the National Women of Business Organization. Yeah, and, amazing. And yeah, so NABO, and so the first class was just inducted, and she was part of it. And so we just, I'm really proud. Can you hear it in my voice that I'm really proud of her? I hope you can, because I just really, really am. So yeah, true, and everything. That's awesome. So let's talk about this book because uh, I, I, as a speaker, and I know that you, I think you're also in NSA, right? National Speaker Association? Uh, I'm not, but I know them quite well. Okay. So I'm a member of the NSA, and I thought you were. I don't know why I did. Anyway, doesn't matter because you speak all over the place, and you're a tremendous speaker. I've, I've, I've listened to clips, and you're really, really good, and people should hire you immediately. Um, to have you speak on leadership, and especially, I love this book. So I want to talk about this, though, because when I opened up the show, and you weren't privy to the opening of the show, sadly, I had talked about that, you know, leadership is a funny thing, because we, the, how we define it largely influences how we think about it in, in my psychological world. Uh, I, I said that Annie will be, if I were to tell Annie leaders are born and not made, she would get so defensive that she would come unglued off of her seat and she would probably start yelling at me. If I were to say that, I'm not going to say that, so don't don't think I am. But it's how t- it's how it's that whole argument of our leaders born and made or made right has is an argument that really creates some dis- you know some you know consternation between folks, you know when you think about it. And then I also wanted to go, but I want to go, you know, but how we think about leaders or what a leadership is, is a very unique thing. For instance, um, you might want to be the, the leader of, of Apple or a Fortune 500 company, but there's only 500 of those. Not saying that you can't do it, but the chances become smaller and smaller to do that. Uh, I played football both in high school and college. I, I, I guess I was a leader, but I wasn't chosen as the captain of my football team. So somebody else was that was viewed as a leader. So did that make me not a leader? I don't think it did, but I wasn't going to be the leader as seen with a C on my chest to be the leader. Or, or, or if you're the, you know, the, the captain of the cheerleading team or whatever it may be that there are. So how we define this 
becomes largely important because I think so often we think, well, leadership is this thing that everybody visibly sees that says, well, I'm a leader because I'm the school president or I'm the student council president or I'm on the student council or I'm on this or that and that demonstrates my leadership. But we're defining it differently than that. Are we not, Annie? Yeah, you you made several great points and several you brought up several great questions that I think people wrestle with because what you said is like the biggest thing that I could ever say, which is how you define leadership ultimately influences everything that we do. So which is true in every part of our lives, right? Anything that you define right or wrong greatly influences how you act, how you think, what you say. And then oftentimes we get to a point where we're like, wait a second, I have to kind of redefine this because I was thinking in the wrong manner. And it's actually the best thing that we can do is be humble enough to kind of look at different definitions in our lives and say, hey, this is how I grew up. This is what I was taught. Let me let me look at it again and see, do I still agree with that later on? You know, what I've come to know now. Um, and so it's kind of great to do that. So what I have come to understand in my own leadership journey is that I believe that everybody Every single person in the world was made to be a leader, but not everybody chooses to be a leader, right? Leadership is a choice. Um, everybody has the capacity to do it. Not everyone chooses to do that. And in that also, um, it's kind of what you were talking about is the myth and the lie that I bought into, which were a couple of things. One, I had to be a certain age to be a leader. The other thing was I had to you know, have a college degree, have graduated from somewhere to be a leader. And the third lie I bought into was that somebody had to give me permission in some way to be a leader, whether that was, you know, a school president, uh, captain on a football team, something in my, um, my church or my youth group, something in my college. Like somebody had to look at me and say, hey, Annie, you're a leader. This is your role. This is the description and this is what you should do. And the great thing is that, yeah, there are some leaders out there that have, you know, quote unquote leadership positions that do phenomenal work. But oftentimes what I have seen is that people who are given, you know, whether they earn it or they're given it or whatever, what, you know, leadership position is oftentimes they don't live out the true definition of leadership in a great way. They're saying, oh, you know, my title is enough for me to be a leader rather than living it out in our everyday lives. And I find that when we are reminded that in everyday life, even, you know, when you're on the football team, when you are in school, when you have a job, when you've chosen to live out leadership, meaning you've chosen to love it, live out your purpose and your passion, you've, you've chosen to impact people in your kind of circle of influence and in that immediate group of people that you influence. When you choose to do that every day, when you wake up despite, you know, the good and the bad, the failure and the successes, when you choose to wake up every day and choose to impact and live out your mission, that to me is being a leader. Whether or not somebody has given you a position or not, or you've earned something or not, you know, you're choosing to be a leader and that goes for your wife, you know, whether or not she had earned that award, she was a leader. She chose to get up every day. She chose to um, make a great company and impact people and help people buy homes that they loved and all the things that she did. Now she got recognized for that, which is amazing. And we love that we do that. So whether we get recognized or not, but you know, we choose to be leaders and that that's a choice that every day and it's a hard one, right, Jay? Like that's, it's not an easy one to do it because there's a lot that comes at us. There, there, yes. You, you, no, you, you're, you're, you're right. Cause let me tell you something. My wife has no college degree. Yeah. It's awesome. It's okay. Awesome. She has, she has no college degree. Matter of fact, what she will tell you when she goes speaks 
to women's organizations and she has sat on panels with Condoleezza Rice and other people and she would say, you know, I'm not even as educated. And I said, but you're just as valuable mm-hmm. because, you know, you're, you, you give people hope mm-hmm. that I don't have to have, you know, a degree from Stanford in order to be considered you know, a leader or smart or anything like that. She, she, she'll sometimes go on stage, her face, she will say, my, I, my subjects that I did extraordinarily well in high school were PE and psychology. Those are the only two classes I ever got an A in. She goes, I was great at physical education because she said I was a boy. And so I always wanted to compete with the boys you know, in, in, you know, on the field or whatever. And she said, I love psychology because the human mind. And she goes, those are the only two things in high school I ever excelled at everything else. I was average or failed or, you know, was a D student. And, but she always knew that she knew how to make money and be successful in business. She just knew it. It was something that her daddy gave her and gave her the confidence to do. And so when you, when you, you know, the myths are so true, so and so when you say these things and I hear young people say to me, well, Jay, you know, I didn't I, you know, I didn't go to school or I didn't get a college degree or I didn't go to a very good school. I didn't go to an Ivy League school. I'm like, so what, yeah. man? And 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 I think this is where, Annie, I want you to really help the listener, because the people who are going to listen to the show, I, and I don't care what age they are, but I have a lot of younger I have a, a younger audience typically that listens to the show simply because of my involvement in social media. So let's, let's have you define for them. I know you kind of did it, but let's be really clear from your perspective. How, how should we define being a leader? How should we define that from your perspective? Yeah. So leadership has to be built on a bigger purpose than just quote unquote being a leader, right? If you just say, Oh, I'm going to go out there and be a leader. Well, that's great. But what's your purpose? What's your point? What is your, what's the mission behind it? You know, why are you doing this? Who are you going to impact? And so that's why I say it has to be built on why. So that's your bigger purpose, your bigger reason. And people say, okay, well, so then what is the why? What's the purpose of it? And to kind of give a framework is this is not something that is defined overnight. It's not something that's figured out overnight. It's not something that you just are like, oh, here it is. Like I just, I can articulate it in a second. Um, Nothing good, nothing worth um, doing or saying is ever kind of instantly happening. And something that's transformed and figured out and kind of walk through a little bit. So that's, that's something that I think that we as a generation, and I can feel that in my own life oftentimes, is that we lack the patience. We lack the love of the journey. Um, and so this, this whole process, even becoming a great leader, is something that happens over some time. Um, and so the why is two parts. So think of it as a coin. You, have, you know, two sides to this coin. The first side is what are you passionate about? What could I ask you about that just would absolutely light you up? You could talk about for days, like would pump you up and you would just get so fired up to talk about this particular subject. And the great thing is this can be anything. You know, oftentimes we judge our passions before we can identify it. Don't believe your passion or your leadership, your mission has to be, you know, fit in this nice little white box or has to be what everyone else says it should be. Have it be something that really at the end of the day gets you so fired and so passionate passionate about. That's one side of the coin. The other side is what frustrates you or ticks you off about the world. Meaning, uh, what do you hear about in the news or in the media or when you're talking to friends about certain topics in the world? 
when you hear that, you go, man, I know that I could do it better. I know there could be a better or a different way. So start paying attention to what gets you excited, what lights you up and what frustrates you and what do you want to change about the world and start to pay attention of how those two can merge because that's the why. So mine, uh, I was passionate about teaching. I was passionate about mentoring and, and coaching and just really impacting the next generation. And the frustration was looking at my generation and the one coming behind me and realizing there was a, um, an utter lack of leadership and not only just showing people leadership, but talking about these, having these conversations, showing people how to do it. And now I've merged the two together and I, you know, I coach and I train and I speak and I have books because I was able to put the two together and really show people how to do that. So paying attention to what are you passionate about? What do you want to change about the world and really seeing how they can come together and then doing leadership based on that, you know, who, who can you impact? Who, who is one person? It's the rule of one that I always follow. And I always ask myself is who is one person you can impact today? One person. And you say, Oh, okay, well, wait, that doesn't sound like a lot. You know, those of us, you know, Jay, that want to change the world, we think on a big scale, right? We see like, I want to change the entire world and it's great. We should, but (laughs) it can feel intimidating and overwhelming. And at the end of the day, oftentimes you can think, wait, did I really even do anything that mattered? You know, cause we we look so big, it's hard to see the tangible results. So when you say, you know, if you go out to do a speech or you go to help, you know, somebody in your community or you do an after school program, you can say, I am looking to just change one person's life today. And that could simply literally be you smiled at them. You asked, how was your day? You talked about their family. You, you know, gave them a meal. You wrote them a, a handwritten note and put it in the mail. Like it's, it's not always these big gestures. It's the little things that make a difference that they start to say, wow, like somebody cared enough to pay attention to me. And then they do it to somebody else and they do it to someone else. And that's this whole domino effect of love and change and impact and leadership in the everyday simple things that makes the biggest difference. And beautifully said, Annie. By the way, we're talking to Annie Keffer, author of a really, really great book. And by the way, I think it's really for anybody. It's not just for young people. I really believe that um, even if you're old, right, whatever that is to you, whatever that age is, I think you need to really look at this book called Leadership Built on Why, One Simple Idea That Will Revolutionize the Leadership Paradigm and Transform Your Life. And let me tell you why I think this is an ageless book and not just for the young uh, young people. The reason why is because we live in a world today, folks, where people are making career changes and, and they're doing different things than they never thought they would do or living longer. And so you really need to look at this book that Annie has written because uh, the more I dig into it and the more I read it, I go, man, these are not just tools for the young. These are tools that if you will pay attention to what she's saying, they're tools that out there in a, in a thought process that will give you, wait for it, a new direction in the way that you're thinking. This is why we have this show. The reason I do this show is because I want you to have a different thought process. I want you to move in a different thought process. I want you to get unstuck. We keep talking about momentum, but you need a new direction. And that takes one small step at a time. And I really believe that if you'll pick up Annie's book, Leadership Built on Why, and you will buy this Kindle edition at $9.99, or if you're a Prime member, you can get the paperback at fourteen ninety five. I really believe that this book is going to really enlighten you and help you get unstuck, especially when it comes to leadership. And Annie just made a tremendous point, and I've written about this on all my social media platforms. And you, and if you pay attention to anything like that, folks, and that is this: sometimes you lead without seeing a result. 
And, and one of the beautiful things about a smile is that um, while I do it because I think it's important to be kind to everybody that I meet, I think it's important to, be, to smile at everybody, you may not see what that smile and that kindness does to someone because that may have made their day that changes what they do to somebody else. And I think you'll agree with me, Annie, right? That, oh, that yeah. you, you have to, that, that so often we have to do things that we will never, that we may not be able to see the visible result, but we have to, we have to trust it. Is it right? I mean, isn't that part of leadership too? That, you know, we do things without seeing the result and we're okay with it because we trust the process. Maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so we there there's so much in that because, you know, people always say, Well, it's in our culture today, it's because of social media and I definitely think that that has had a a big play on it. But I think there's always kind of been this idea of a struggle of of giving so much and, and not seeing the result and, and really, like you said, being okay with realizing that it's a part of the process. And so we've been trained today to get an immediate response. Like if I text you or email you, I expect a response, right? You know, I put a pop tart in the microwave, you know, I expect in 30 seconds it's warm. So <laughs> we just realize that it's like, okay, we're just waiting for the right response. And the thing is, is that so often in this life, in business, in life, in leadership, in so many things, the best things, the greatest things that we do, do not immediately get a response. Whether it's you don't immediately see the way that you impacted someone's life, you don't um, always get the response that you wanted. You know, you do get criticism when you step out and lead. So it's reminding, which is why I tell people to put your why, to put your mission on um, a piece of paper in your room, in your bathroom, on your phone, in your computer, in your car, every single place you can do it to remind yourself in the good times and in the bad, why you're doing what you're doing. Because when we get stuck in the everyday and we sort of have our blinders on, we forget the bigger reason why we do it. Um, and so we have to be reminded of the bigger mission and the bigger purpose of, okay, like, you know, nobody seems to be responding, but I'm not doing it for the response. I'm not doing it for the approval. I'm doing it because I realized that this is what I was called to do. This is what I was made to do. And, and, and I agree with you. So, by the way, again, we're, we're talking with Annie Keffer today, and is just she awesome? I mean, the more she talks, the more you go, I just want to listen to Annie and, and less of you, Jay. And I'm, I'm with you because I love listening to Annie because she's awesome, which is why you should hire her to speak, by the way. Uh, I know I have a lot of people um, who are folks who look at me and my profile and listen to the show because they want to hear how I speak. But don't just listen to me, folks. Listen to it. Listen to Annie. So if you're somebody out there who's a conference organizer and you hire speakers and you're listening, don't, I know you may be listening to me, but listen to Annie because I'm telling you she's a great speaker and you need to hire her immediately uh, because she, she, talks, she talks the talk, but she doesn't just talk the talk. She walks the walk. And a walk talks louder than a talk talks, and that's Annie Keffer. And because she really does walk it, and you can hear it, and she's extraordinarily motivational at the same time. And so, folks, get get on the phone. Find her. You can find her at AnnieKeffer.com, A-N-N-I-K-E-F-F-E-R.com. Check out her website. Make sure you also go to Amazon.com. Check out the book. Do you remember what the book is? Just in case you didn't, it's called Leadership Built on Why. One simple idea that will revolutionize the leadership paradigm and transform your life. So, Annie, Annie thanks for letting me do that, by the way. Annie, so 
let's talk about this piece of the leadership training because I, you, you, you bring up so many things that's like, man, this thing is really complicated. It's, it's a little more complicated than I, th- I think we try to oversimplify leadership because it's, it's not so simple. Because you, you said one thing that just as you were talking that just was like, wow. And that is you, you, if you're going to step up to being a leader, you better be able to handle some criticism. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. that, that's, I think that's the piece, you know, that's the piece, you know, like for me and, and my wife, when I see her, you know, she puts herself out. She's leading people. She has a team of, you know, 25, 30 people and two companies. And she uh, is in front of the, in, you know, she's, She's she's in you know in front of the limelight basically here in the Raleigh Durham Chapel area, and so, but she gets she gets sometimes she gets you know tagged hard by people who criticize her for certain things, which makes me mad by the way. And I'm like six feet five, two sixty five, and it makes me really mad. And I have to ask her things like, is it okay if I tear their lungs out? And she says no. So, the uh, right. Yeah. So she tells me, no, it's just part of it. Right. And, and, but I mean, handling criticism is a part of leadership, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the crazy thing. And it's a, such a different era of criticism. So not only do you have maybe in-person criticism, criticism, you now have, you know, people who can not only send letters, you can have people who can message you on, you know, social media and say things that are just kind of shocking that you think, my gosh, if you ever looked at me in the eye, would you say the same thing that you, you know, just did or they email you or uh, anything like that? But the there's a couple of thoughts. And the first one is a dog never barks at a parked car. It only starts barking <laughs> as the car moves. That's funny. So when you move your car, you're going to get barked at. You know, you're going to get criticism, um, no matter if you are on maybe a small scale in terms of kind of known to the world or on a big scale. Somebody is bound to say something. So it's just the reminder that, look, it's going to happen. The minute you start saying something and doing something, this is going to happen. And the other thing to remember so often is that hurt people hurt people. And that oftentimes people are dealing with crazy things in their own life. And that for whatever reason, they have chosen to kind of take that out on you and that the best response, if we choose to respond or not, but, you know, kind of even dealing with this in our own lives is to just love on people is that we don't ever know what people are going through or what they're struggling with or kind of what has happened in their life and that they've chosen to kind of take it out on the Internet. Um, but that the only thing that we can control is the way that we love people, the way that we react, the way that we talk. And that's the best example. And, you know, oftentimes I've uh, talked to a lot of my, my friends who, you know, are big around the internet and, you know, have chosen to respond in a, in a kind way. Now it doesn't always get the best response, but they say, you know, oftentimes people email back and say, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I was rude and I didn't need to be, and I really appreciate you responding. So Again, that's a personal choice, but just to remember that everyone's going through their own struggle and that when they do choose to criticize, that's not a reflection of you. It's more of a reflection of other people. And so just to be reminded that the best thing you can do is control yourself is to love on people, to put kindness back towards them and then move on. 
and it's not easy and it hurts and it's okay that it hurts and it's okay to be mad about it. You know, it happens, but when you give yourself, you know, give yourself like, you know, at least a day just to kind of take it in and say, look, like it's not a reflection on me. I'm doing the best that I can. I'm, I'm loving on people the best way I can. And I have to do the same thing back to them. Mm. Mm. Preach on sister. I'm going <laughs> to tell you right now, that's, that's good. That's good word right there. I, I, I love that. I, you know, I wrote the first book I wrote was uh, a psychology, social media and business book entitled got social mediaology using psychology to master social media for your business without spending a dime. And I've, I've got three more books coming out this fall. And I have said to people when I talk about social media and leadership and those type of things, I've said to people over and over and over again, hurt people hurt people because right. they do. They, they just do. People who are hurting will hurt someone else. Matter of fact, folks, when you're hurting, you will hurt someone else. I, I promise you, if you're hungry tired or in pain, the chance of you hurting someone else has greatly increased. I'm just telling you, because that's what, that's what pain does to us. I, I, don't, I don't care if it's, I don't care what it is, uh, physical injury, mental injury, uh, some, some emotional damage, whatever it may be, the propensity for us to hurt somebody else goes up greater. And so if you can always keep that in mind, uh, it's it's really a great lesson, and Annie just just beautifully spelled that out for you. So I, I want people really to hear your wisdom on this because this is so true. The other thing I've written about and I've said has been when it comes to trolls, flamers, and shamers, never feed them. Yeah. Because if you stop feeding flamers, shamers, and trolls, they go away because they they live off of your food of defensiveness. And so you have to remember to never either don't feed them or kill them with kindness yeah. because the other way to kill trolls on the internet, on, especially on social media is be so kind. And literally I have said to people, can I just say thank you for paying attention and being so good to me that you gave me this amount of attention. Thank you. Because now that you've come on here, you've increased my visibility and I am so grateful for you. So thank you. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, they try to say something horrible, but you've just told them thank you for their horrible thing that they just said to you. And they do not know what to do with it. Right. They just right. don't. They, 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 they don't. And, it, and of course, I'm meaning it in a sarcastic way. I admit that. Right, right, right. But, but, the, but the truth of the matter is, if I thank people, because the truth of the matter is you, had, you took the time to pay attention to me. So thank you. Right. Like, I mean, you, you, you felt the need to criticize me harshly, to try to hurt me some emotional way. I don't care about that. I thank you that you took the time, that it was worthy of you saying something to me, and and you didn't have to do that. Regardless of what your motivations were, thank you. That's awesome. Because yeah. now I've got a whole bunch of people paying attention to you, right? And, and in so doing, are now paying attention to me because now they're wondering, what did I say to make this guy so angry or this person so angry? And so you've done me so many favors by being mean and horrible and awful. <laughs> I mean, it's really, really true. You have. And so you are so right. You know, kindness is such a great way and thanking people and, and doing that. But I think it's also, you know, one of the things that you kind of also said is, 
when you said, and I love this quote, a dog never barks at a parked car. Yeah. And you know, the truth of the matter is, Annie, I, is that you kind of have to count the cost on this because leadership does come at a cost. Right. And you have to be willing to count that cost right. along the way. Yeah, it's it's definitely, and, and I think the other thing is just thank them, thank them for the criticism because I think you know if you do pay attention, there there sometimes is something to learn from it. If if you know you don't take all of it in and you don't you know kind of let it really eat your spirit because some of it's just totally out of whack. But um, sometimes there's a, a bit of a note to pay attention to and just to yeah. thank them because it means that you're doing something right. If they if you weren't doing anything, gosh, nobody would say anything. So. Um, it's just, it's, it is a, it's a weird part of the journey, but it's really what makes you, um, a better leader. And the more you can love and be empathetic towards those people, the better leader that you can be. Um, honestly, you know, the more, the more that you walk through, the more that you deal with the failures, uh, I always say the bigger the door is to open, the more people in that you can help. So seeing it as a way to, to be more empathetic to people, because a lot of times people don't, and I know you, I'm sure you know this from the psychology side of things, but that people oftentimes do not or are not well equipped enough to deal with their emotions. You know, when they go through something they don't understand, they don't know how to process it either because they weren't taught or they were taught in a negative fashion is that they don't know how to process it. And we've been kind of put in this weird place of, I can, I can sort of process myself on the internet, right? I can, I can put it out there and get a response to what I'm feeling. And oftentimes people don't do it in a healthy manner. So also seeing that side of saying, look, people might be trying to process an emotion that they don't know how to, and I took the brunt of it, and I'm going to love them in return. Mm. Mm. I love that, Annie. That's, I mean, that's really, really good. That's really good stuff. I mean, I don't mean like good stuff. I mean, really good stuff. I mean, this is, I, I really hope, you know, as people listen to this and, you know, because there are some of us on a variety of different channels and, and, and in a variety of different ways, and sometimes they'll download it or whatever or listen to it live some other show and on another show. And I really hope people will pay attention and then will rewind and listen to your words because they are so powerful and they are so true and they are so real. And... You know, we live in a very, it's a very, it's a very weird time for people to live right now. And, and I, I feel sorry. I feel sorry for the younger generation today. And let me tell you why. If I had to grow up with all the technology that's available now, it would be all very confusing. It would, I mean, extraordinarily confusing. It's not that the technology is confusing because I've always been an early adapter of technology, but all the social pressure mm. is so overwhelming through the technology that I, I almost wonder if we just can't handle it because, you know, I, I've, I've watched, I've you know, done tons of research on social media and especially like Instagram and uh, here a lot since its very beginning. And, you know, seeing people who will delete a post because they didn't get 100 likes yeah. because they feel that pressure, right? Right. And, and, and I wonder what does that, what does the social media technological pressure, what does that do to the younger generation that has, is so consumed by all the social aspects in terms of digital media? 
what do you think, how do you think that affects the whole leadership thought process or does it, or is it confusing or how does it just, how do you see it? Yeah. So, you know, there always have been these, these trends of people dealing with the same questions of, am I enough? Um, do I matter? Will anybody love me? Um, do I have a purpose beyond kind of just existence? You know, those are some of the, the major questions that people in every generation in the entire world have always asked. And in different generations, they've sort of come up in different ways. And there's always kind of been this struggle. And, you know, people seem to think that it's only come about because of social media, though that's not, you know, that's not the case. Is that it's always been there. It just is in a different way that people don't know, you know, necessarily how to deal with and just like it did in every other generation. So these are always kind of the major underlying questions. But we are dealing with a, a technology that we, you know, have never had before, that we don't know that we're navigating kind of new in this world. And it does bring up, you know, the comparison game and the am I enough game. And, you know, instead of kind of having your own journey is that you're kind of always looking for, does it look like everyone else's before it's okay. Right. So I said, like, don't judge your passion before you identify it. You know, if you're passionate about, you know, freaking tomato farming, then be passionate about tomato farming. Like it doesn't have to look like everyone else's to be okay. And, you know, we're kind of scared to really put out what we love and we're passionate about in our mission because we feel like if it doesn't fit into the nice white box, it must not be okay. So being reminded that, um, you know, what people post on social media um, most often is just a highlight reel, right? It's just the easy, easy, most curated thing that can, you know, get us business or get us followers or, you know, um, uh, be ambassadors or working with brands. Like that's great for all of that. But to be reminded that it's not reality, right? It's not real life. You know, so often, I'm sure you've seen this, Jay, is that, you know, people um, think of entrepreneurship as like, oh, I sit in my sweatpants or I'm out of my boat all day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, let, me, let me tell you how it really is, right? Like, I don't want to get out of bed, you know? I'd like rather watch Netflix than, you know, answer emails. So, like, the reality is so much different. And, oh, you know, man. entrepreneurship is such a trend. And, you know, that's fine. But it's just people need to kind of take a step back and say, like, I can enjoy social media for what it is. And it is connected to so many people. It's um, given brands that are doing phenomenal work, life that maybe they would never would have had before. Like it has so many valuable things and it's not evil, but when we let it run our lives, control our lives, let it uh, make us feel less than, then we have to say, is it worth it? You know, to be on it as much as I am and, you know, do I need to take a small break every weekend? Should I kind of like put the phone away? So it's just really just having boundaries, right? Everything in life, you just kind of need some boundaries. Um, because it can control and run our lives and make us feel like we just have to be humdrum. Or we can say, look, I love it for what it is. I use it for business for what it is. And now I'm going to live my life and I'm going to impact the people I'm going to impact. Mm -hmm. We're talking with Annie Keffer. Golly, you are so wise. How can you be so young and so wise? That, that That's wisdom way beyond your years. I mean, that's amazing to me. See, I love that because I think if people, especially older people, if people will listen to people like you and will, will they, there's so much to glean. There's so much that um, folks can glean from you if they will just stop stereotyping 
a generation and shut up and listen. I I'd say that to, I, I, I tell this to people all the time. Would you shut up and just listen to the, the generations below you, please? I'm begging you, shut up and listen. You don't know it all. You're not, your, your experience, I love people say, well, people don't, I've had a lot of experience. Yeah, but not all of it's been good. A lot of it's been crap. Okay, so just because you've had a lot of crappy experience doesn't mean anything to me. All right. So, and we got to listen to you. We've got to listen to to your generation and generations below you. We're not listening. And, and, and it, it, and I, it makes me angry inside that we're not, we're not stopping and pausing long enough to let the Annie Keffers of the world to speak and listen to them and go, Oh man, you know, that's a good word right there. You know, I can actually take that home and use that really in reality because, uh, man, what you just said is so powerful and so it's truth. And I love it when people speak truth and, uh, you, you do that and God, it's just beautiful. Um, Annie, I'm sorry. It's just, it really is. I had no idea that, and I'm being honest cause this is, I'm departing from the interview, ladies and gentlemen. But when I, when we do these guests, I have no idea cause I've never spoken to them before. I read their material. I have no idea what they're going to be like. Annie, you're, you're more than I could ever expect and hope for as a radio interview. You're, and as a person and human being, you're amazing. And I, wow, I'm in love with Annie Keffer. No, don't worry, honey. Don't worry, honey. There's nothing going on. I just happen to love Annie Keffer because she's awesome. To your um, point, can I make a quick point? Sure. So I think uh, I appreciate and I value all of that. And I think the, the, the counterpart to that is that we also, as a generation, um, in my own generation, have to listen to the people that came before us. So I think there's a great balance because I don't believe that I would be where I am today without the mentors and the influence that I had from the, the older generation. And I think where I was is I, sh the funny thing is you said, shut up. I shut up a lot. I listened a lot. Um, I was always in groups of people that were like way above me. And I was like totally intimidated by, and I just listened because I didn't feel like I had anything to share. So I often just kind of sat there and I paid attention. And when I felt like there was a moment, I was like, okay, if I, if I really do understand it, this is my question. And so that would be my challenge would be this, this idea of the older generation saying, I know there's something we can learn from the millennials and the millennials saying we should pay attention to the generation that came before us and realizing that there's a great bond and collaboration that can happen um, because there's greatness and there's experience and wisdom on both sides. And I think it's really valuable. You know, the, everyone was saying that the kids that experienced this, the school shooting in Florida that, you know, really stood up and took a, took a stand were, oh, they're too young. They don't understand. And in my mind, I kept thinking about this and I thought, you know, in business and in life in sports and anything, they say, always hire a coach because the people, what you're experiencing is you're in the, the forest so far that you can't see the trees. And it's great to have somebody out there that has like a different perspective than you. And I looked at that situation. I thought, you know, if the, um, if these kids 
partnered with the uh, politicians and realized that there was, which is what they want to do, and realized that there was wisdom on both sides and that the politicians could see something they weren't. The kids could see something that they weren't. And they could come together and say, hey, how can we bring both of our perspectives and our realities and our experience and our wisdom and our passions and make an innovative solution that we would have never thought before on our own. And I think when you can do that, when you can put aside differences, when you can see that each side has a value and has a, a wisdom and experience that the other doesn't, I think that's when amazing things happen in leadership, when you can pull down the walls and say it's not about any of the other stuff. It's about coming together to better our world for everyone. Mm. Well, I could listen to you all day. I'm just telling you, I could just, you're amazing. I, I love, I love it because you've thought through this so much and you've experienced this as well. And, you know, let me comment from the other end, because as someone who, you know, runs their own business, and by the way, a lot of people, when you're an entrepreneur like Annie and myself, and you write books and then you consult and I coach and do all sorts of things as well and speak, you know, our days are not just like she said, you know, we're not in, you know, shorts and tank tops and hanging out by the pool. Um, there's a lot that goes on and there's a lot of decisions you have to make because you're dependent on yourself in order to make your next paycheck. And if you don't do those things, it's, it's not going to happen. So being an entrepreneur, uh, while it sounds really glorious and it might be fun, and yes, you can make your own schedule, the truth of the matter is you're really not because we're doing so many other things. Um, and But let me also get back to this the generation clash. So one of the things that it really concerns me is that there is a generation of people in my generation who's older than you and older than me that just will not come to the table because they've already they've already stereotyped an entire generation and which I find really funny because this older generation complains about ageism and yet they're doing the same thing back to the younger generation by stereotyping them in ageism and it's I find it um I find it one of those things that it's just so bothersome to me because if we will just come to the table and we will have these conversations, we can learn so much from each other. And we we would be so much further ahead because we would be walking together than, than thinking that we're oil and water and we just can't mix. And the truth of the matter is we can and we can blend really, really well. Because I think the older generation is afraid of the younger generation, and I think the younger generation is skeptical of the older generation. Right. And, and when you have skepticism and fear that are trying to be partners, it's a problem. And so I really hope that people will listen to you. And I, I, and I really, and I know we're running out of time here, and I'm so sorry, but because I could talk to you for another hour. But I hope people will listen to you. I hope people will read your book, Leadership Built on Life. Go buy it, please, people. We go to Amazon and purchase the book, Leadership Built on Life. Kindle Editions, nine ninety nine, paperback fourteen ninety five. And will you do Annie a favor when you buy the book? Read it and give her a positive review. Tell her how much you enjoyed the book. Tell her why you enjoyed the book. Tell her that you bought this book for your grandson or your son or your daughter or or whoever. 
or you bought it for yourself and it just blew you away, make go to Amazon and write a review, okay? I'm telling you to do this, uh, folks, because you need to do that. And um, by the way, make sure you go to AnnieKeffer.com. Uh, it's A-N-N-I-K-E-F-F-E-R.com and um, connect with her on Facebook, connect with her on Instagram, uh, and uh, just reach out to her and talk to her. And then I'm going to give Annie here the last few few seconds, last 30 seconds to a minute to say, Annie, if you could wrap this all up into a, and put the bow on it, all right, in the present that you've given us today. And thank you for being on A New Direction and giving us this beautiful present. Put the bow on it for us today. Oh, gosh. Um, I would say the biggest thing is be patient. Um, love the journey. Choose every day to wake up and realize that you are here for a bigger reason and a bigger purpose. And to always remember the rule of one. Who is every day one person that you are going to love, impact, and leave, um, leave a legacy for? And be reminded that, you know, leadership is not leadership for leadership's sake. Leadership is here for a bigger reason and a bigger purpose. And that is your job every day to wake up, to love people, and to leave a legacy. Oh, my gosh. And, um, folks, I don't know if you could hear, but if you hear in the background, I can hear her fist pounding her hand as she's making the points. <laughs> I can hear her going. I can hear, I can hear her pounding. I'm like going, Oh my gosh, talk about somebody who could be not any more passionate. She's pounding her hand with her fist as she's making the points. How beautiful is that? Annie Keffer, you have been one of the most amazing guests I've ever had on the show. I am so grateful that PJ reached out to me. I, I want to bring you back in the future, and I want to talk, and I want, I'm going to get the book, and if I'm the first one to write a review on the book, I will do that for you because you have been an amazing guest and I I am in love with Annie Keffer. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jared. I really appreciate that. I love being here. Thank you so much. And you have yourself an amazing, an amazing day, Annie, because you're awesome. Thank, Thank you, Jen. You, you are All as right. well. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Bye. Bye bye. That was Annie Keffer. How about that stuff, folks? Annie Keffer just knocked it out of the park. Folks, we've taken a little bit longer than I expected to take today, but you know it was all worth it because today on The New Direction, we talked to Annie Keffer, and Annie is um, just an amazing, amazing person. And I hope that, um, I hope that you will um, listen to her and buy her book because – She's got some really, really great stuff to say. And so, folks, find yourself a new direction, right? Whatever that is, a new thought, a new behavior, a new career, a new business, a new way of doing something. Take a step in that direction. Folks, life's too short. It's, it's too short for you to just sit. We need you. So take a new direction today. Come on out, join us. We're looking forward to seeing you. I'm Jay Izzo, and I will talk to you next week. And as always, I want to say thank you to James Lowe, Jiggy Jaguar, because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be doing this right now. So I'm grateful to him, and as always. And so check out thejagshow.com. Check out my book, Got Social Mediology, and get ready because there's a new book coming out called From Farmhand to Businessman, Lessons from the Farm. It will be out this fall. So 
pay attention to that. And if you want to hire a new speaker coach, hey, get a hold of me, jayizzo.com, J-A-Y-I-Z-S-O.com. That's J-A-Y-I-Z-S-O.com. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye.